Hey, Canadian podcasters. The Canadian Podcast Awards are in full swing, and it's your turn to cast your vote. Join us in recognizing the remarkable talent and creativity of your peers in Canadian podcasting. Make your voice heard by voting for the podcasts that have kept you entertained and informed, and help crown the champions of the Canadian Podcast Awards. It all happens at campodawards.ca. Voting closes November 12th. Hey everyone and welcome to the podcast experience. I'm your host Tim and I am pumped for this next episode where I have Kathy Kanzora from History of the 90s podcast joining me to discuss her podcast experience. Now Kathy comes from a journalism background with a ton of experience that she has used to create a foundation for her podcast History of the 90s and use that to accelerate into a new era of storytelling. And her journey is fantastic. It is one truly rooted in the desire to tell stories. That is the fundamental piece of Kathy here that I really enjoy talking to her about on this podcast and how she took her training, her career in journalism, and the tools she learned there and how she used those to excel at podcasting. We also talk about why does she podcast about the 90s? Such a pivotal era in human history, it turns out, and so many major events that sometimes on reflection, you would not believe actually all happened within a 10-year period. So we talk a little bit about that and also some of the ups and downs of podcasting from a professional perspective and a journalistic perspective. The power of podcasting is here and Kathy really exemplifies how to do it. So you can catch Kathy and the history of the 90s anywhere you plug in, as well as over on Curious Cast, the hosting network for history of the 90s. And I can't wait for you to experience this podcast. Kathy, I'm I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast experience. I'm a huge fan of your podcast, History of the 90s. And the 90s were such a formidable decade for me. I went from age 5 to 15 and saw a lot of the changes and mm-hmm. a lot of the stories that you discuss on your podcast. And, you know, I, we're just going to get right into it here. I want you to please introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about your podcast, The History of the 90s. Well, it's a little bit of a long story, so I'll, I'll go back to uh, the very beginning of time. No, <laughs> back to the 90s. Um, I was a, a reporter in the 90s in radio in Toronto, so my background is the original podcasting, which is radio, yes. and uh, I worked, um, I went to school for journalism, and then I worked as a reporter for about 10 years, but right through the whole decade of the 90s. And then kind of put that aside and and took some other, uh, you know, other directions with my career. But then when podcasting became a thing, I was, you know, right away, a huge listener, loved podcasts right from the beginning, but didn't really think, oh, I should make a podcast. I just loved listening yeah. to them. And um, I think it was around 20, 2017, 20, yeah, around 2017, I found this box in my basement that had a bunch of tapes, actual cassettes of um, things that I had covered as a reporter in the 90s. Didn't even remember having this box, but it was just filled with, you know, this gold, basically, of 
actual raw audio tape from stories that I'd covered, but in particular, oh. a big murder trial in, in Toronto in 1995, the Paul Bernardo trial, which is big for Canadian people of that era. They will probably remember the trial. Mm -hmm. And I covered it and saved all these tapes. And it was at that moment, it was kind of around the serial era. So I was like, oh my God, like I could make something like serial <laughs> with these tapes. Not that it was an unsolved crime, but I could go through the trial and how it impacted everybody involved, the reporters, the the families, the the people of Toronto, you know, the justice system. And and that was kind of how my first podcast was born. And it was just called History of 1995, because mm -hmm. that was the year that the Bernardo trial happened. And I did this, it was an independent production. It was just really a passion project. I was working somewhere else at the time. I wasn't, you know, podcasting wasn't my career at, at the moment. And, but then I realized, you know, after I do my eight episodes on Bernardo, then I want to keep going. So I, I just, I turned it into like the history of 1995, a whole bunch of things that happened in that particular year, because it was the year of OJ. Mm -hmm. It was the year of um, the Oklahoma City bombing. In Canada, there was the Quebec referendum. In Ontario, more specifically, there was the Mike Harris government was elected. It was like, it was this big period of change. It felt like locally and internationally as a reporter, I just always had thought a lot happened that year. And, and initially that was just how I was going to focus on the podcast was just one single year. And, um, it's funny now there is a podcast that does that. They look at, at one year in particular, they do a series on a particular year and, and they did 1995 and they've done other years, but I was really just focused on that particular year. I didn't think I would, you know, branch out into other years, but then, um, in 2018, I, you know, I'd been doing the show for just over a year independently. Um, Apple podcast recognized the show as one of the top Canadian podcasts of 2018. First of all, there wasn't a lot of competition in 2018. <laughs> if you can believe it, things have changed in the last five years. But also, like I did not have a lot of listeners. Like I, it was, it was a really small independent show. So I was totally shocked when when I got the email from Apple saying it had been recognized because I honestly, I did not understand how anyone at Apple had gotten it on <laughs> to their radar. So it was, it was a nice surprise, and it, and it gave me the inspiration to say, you know what, maybe this can become a career. Like that was in the back of my mind that I would love to get back to what I originally had done, which mm -hmm. was journalism and, and in particular radio journalism. And I thought, you know, maybe I can turn this into a job, like not just a passion project. And it was around that time that I started approaching different um, podcast networks in Canada. And again, it was 2018 going into 2019. Doesn't sound that long ago, but they were just starting up mm -hmm. like the Frequency Podcast Network and where I ended up landing, which is Curious Cast, was just brand new. And they were desperate for content, probably, I'm guessing, because uh, they emailed me back right away. I had emailed them to say, hey, like, you know, I just got recognized and I'd love to talk to you about maybe expanding my show and and joining up with you and, you know, just kind of went out on a limb and did that. And they were like, yeah, we need content. We'd love it. Let's chat. And so that was when we expanded the show from the history of 1995 to the history of the nineties. And that was our first episode launched in July, 2019. So we just passed our four-year mark and coming up to the 100th episode, which I'm just currently writing and we'll have in the can pretty soon.
Oh, that's that's wild. That's it's such a great story, and I love how it was kind of born out of you know a career, an original passion, mm-hmm. and then it kind of evolved into something quite different. Now, coming from radio broadcasting and reporting. Mm-hmm. How how did you make that kind of leap and what skill sets did you take from the radio side of things into writing, producing and, mm-hmm. and podcasting? Like, How does that differ for you when you look back on that original part of your career to what you're doing now? A lot. There's a lot of skills that and things that I did that are exactly the same, like when it comes to listening to audio tape, listening to like listening to tape from interviews to pull out those really good clips mm-hmm. that you want to use in your piece that, you know, so I never listened to an interview without going, okay, there's the clip, there's the clip. And you know, you're, you're interviewing someone and you're taking notes, but then I'll put a big star beside it and say, there's the clip I'm going to, you know, that means that star means that's the clip I'm going to use on, on the show that I'm doing. So that's never changed. But what has changed when I was working in radio, I wasn't doing a lot of feature reporting, although I did, you know, I did do a few feature feature length items and stories, but typically I was providing stories that were 30 seconds long mm-hmm. to 45 seconds long that would air in a newscast. So initially when I started my own podcast, when I was just doing it independently, people would actually complain and say, your episodes are too short. <laughs> like you need to make them longer. And which I took as a hidden compliment, meaning they wanted to listen mm-hmm. to more to it, but they were, they were real. I'd be like 15 minutes episodes done. And it's like, people are, I'm like, okay, like no one wants to tune in for 15 minutes. That's not even a commute to work. So (laughs) I had to learn how to expand and um, take more time, get into more details because radio in particular, like back in the day, you really had to slice and Mm -hmm. dice your stuff because it needed to be short. So I, I had to learn that I could expand it and get into more details. Yeah, let, let's jump into to that piece of it, how you kind of develop each episode. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about clips and all that. And, you know, the history of the 90s is such, it's an audio experience, in, in my opinion, you know, listening to it. I think it would be still considered a snackable story at that 20 mm-hmm. to 30 minute mark. You integrate music and media clips, interviews, you know, developing this approach. It, does a lot of that come from your radio background or is this something that you've worked on progressively as the podcast has evolved? I would say I'm still learning and I still, uh, I have a great team at Curious Cast. Rob Johnston is my audio producer and Dila Velasquez is my producer. And both of them have helped me to develop the podcast to what it is today. I mean, I always, you know, from the time working in radio, knew how important it was to include sound Mm -hmm. in your story. It's not just me telling the story, but if you're talking about a train, wouldn't it be great if you had a train going, you know, in the background because um, it's audio and and, and people are listening while they're doing something else. So it's great if you can give them the full experience with, uh, of what the story is telling them, but it's definitely, you know, those were skills that, you know, I learned in journalism school because I, I specialized in broadcast journalism and, um, and they're the same kind of skills I would use today. But like I said, the team at Curious Cast has mm-hmm. helped me to, to use music better. Like when I was making my own podcast, and I was doing everything and I admit like I had a really hard time getting the music in there that it wouldn't be distracting, but it, you know, it, it, you, it can either help the story or it can distract from the story. It's like going to a movie though, too, right? Like the, the music that goes with it can do either of those things. And Rob, Rob looks after that. Now he's the expert. He's really good at it. And it, it makes a huge difference. It really does. If, if the music, 
you know, really sets the tone. And I think he does a good job at that. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. And, and it's creates such an immersive experience inside of all this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned Serial in the past, which which kind of initiated a lot of this and, you know, translating some of that over, it, it creates such an engaging podcast. And like you said, you're hearing these things as they happen and integrating media clips from, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, your your previous experience reporting on the Bernardo trials and all that. Like, I, I really and truly love that piece of it because, you know, you get a lot of stories being told in different podcasts, but you, you want to be immersed into it. And I think mm-hmm. that really helps take that leap. And now when we're talking about your podcast, you know, the 90s is a huge decade. A lot happened mm-hmm. in the 90s. And you cover such a wide spectrum of topics with, if I, if I may say, with like absolute pitch perfect confidence and execution, you know, everything from politics to sitcoms, music, world events, you know, you talk about wrestling and just all over the place with mm-hmm. regards to what's happening in the 90s. You know, how do you prepare to deliver episodes with such a diverse set of topics? Well, first of all, I'm thank you for saying it's pitch perfect because I have made some mistakes along the way. And the wrestling one was the one where I made the biggest mistake and people have not let me forget it. I uh, said the wrong name for a very famous wrestler, which um, I listened to that one just yesterday, actually, if I'm being honest with you. And is the is the mistake still in there? I, there's, Did you notice a mistake? The only thing I, that I noticed just from my very, you know, narrow focus on, on wrestling is there's a couple wrestlers that were mixed up between the WWF and the WCW. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it, a big deal, but it's a great yeah, episode. It, no, I, and I'm not going to repeat it, but I did say someone's name wrong. And then I had a flood of people complaining and we changed it. And hey, I'm okay with that. I made a mistake. Hey, That's cool. It's, That's it's cool. part of it. Right. But so not every topic that we cover, am I an expert mm. on shockingly, but I do a ton and a ton, a ton, a ton of research. And I very rarely pick something that I know nothing about. Mm. Like, I mean, I... I'm not a wrestling expert, but in the eighties, I went to Maple Leaf Gardens and, you know, saw Jimmy fly, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. So I do, I do have some understanding of wrestling, but, um, anyway, so I, <laughs> I, I am personally fascinated by so much in the world. So, and that you could see just from the types of podcasts I listen to, never mind the kind that I make, but I listen to everything. I love, you know, I love sports listening to sports podcasts, even if I don't watch the sport, mm-hmm. I listen to podcasts about writing. I've listened to podcasts about writing screenplays. I've never even attempted to write a screenplay. I just, I love learning about things. So I think that kind of translates into the episodes that I cover because usually I have a general understanding or memory of something that I want to cover, but then I'll dig really deep mm-hmm. into the research. I'll you know, look at some books on it. I'll, I love to read old newspaper articles. That's my favorite way of doing research is I have a, you know, I go onto newspapers.com and then if there's a story that happened, I'll go back and read the local newspapers. I recently did an episode, um, about the Judas priest trial. That was, um, they were accused, uh, two boys had uh, died by suicide and, and they were accused of having subliminal messages in their music that caused the boys to, to, um, attempt suicide. So I went back, it was in uh, near Reno, Nevada. So mm-hmm. I was reading like Nevada newspaper coverage of, or Nevada, sorry, it's Nevada, <laughs> I found out. Nevada newspaper coverage. Um, and it's so fascinating to get like the little details that kind of get lost in history mm-hmm. because they do like you, when you, when you read like the 
20 year uh, anniversary story. A lot of the details are left out of what it was like at that time. You get the details of what happened, but not the mood per se. So my favorite, you know, my favorite way to find out what the mood of the people was at that time is to go back and, and to read some local papers. But yeah, you're right. There is, there is a diverse, uh, there's a diverse, um, you know, mix of, of subjects and uh, that way, hopefully, uh, you know, lots of people will come along for the ride because there'll be something there that they uh, will be interested in. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as a, as a podcaster myself, it, it's always intimidating when you get a topic pushed into your space and you're mm -hmm. like, I don't know a ton about this. And, you know, you know, there's experts out there, but, yeah. it, but it's also, I think the, the benefit of that is, is that you're able to break it down in a way that mm -hmm. everyone can understand it. So true. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Because, um, yeah, because I'm sometimes I'm learning along with mm -hmm. with the listener on certain things. Like I recently did one on anime, which I did not know a lot about anime, but I had some great guests that I spoke to that helped me to understand anime and, you know, people in my life that I know that like anime. So I talked to them as well. So it, it um, hopefully isn't too like too basic for someone who's a huge anime fan. But this but I always try to remind myself, this isn't a podcast about anime. Mm -hmm. So like the people who are like anime diehards, probably they understand that. So they're not going to, you know, it's it's a podcast about the 90s. Yeah. So it's it, it's more generic. Well, that's the beautiful thing about podcasting is that someone can find that grow some interest in anime and then they can go find three, four, five, 10, mm -hmm. 15 podcasts mm -hmm. that really deep dive. And, yeah, for sure. And that's what's that's what I like too about the history of the nineties. It's kind of I won't say a low barrier for entry, but you can walk into almost every episode and kind of yeah. get the gist of it by the end of the episode and you're kind of thinking, Oh, well maybe I will go follow up with exactly. some more on the Quebec biker wars or something to that effect. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that, that's always the, the fun part about this. Now, podcasting isn't always the easiest thing in the world to do. There, there's a lot of ebbs and flows, trials and tribulations. And let's let's talk about maybe some of the obstacles that you faced along mm -hmm. this experience of yours and you know whether it is the experience of trying to produce new diverse episodes every two weeks or is it just anything on there you know have you had an obstacle that that's challenged you and that you've had to overcome yeah. in this whole experience i would say there's quite a few obstacles but i um you know first of all money like making money is very hard mm -hmm. in podcasting and uh that was initially what my initially was a, you know, a passion project, but I, at a certain point got to, when I joined up with Curious Cast, I wanted to make this my job. And it took a couple of years before we were able to, you know, not only build the show to, um, listen, a big listenership, but also for Curious Cast to grow their ad department mm -hmm. to the point where it was easier to sell ads on podcasts because it was a new thing, right? So it wasn't necessarily an obstacle I personally was dealing with, but I, you know, I was sitting back waiting for, for the, for everyone to catch up. And then, um, the, and that took a lot of sort of faith and knowing mm -hmm. that, okay, just stay with this. And then it'll get to the point where, you know, hopefully you can sell an ad on the show. But as for, um, other obstacles, I would say one of the things that I've kind of fallen victim to is trying to do what everyone else is doing, mm -hmm. which I think um, maybe other people do as well. You see what other podcasters are doing and you think, well, I got to do that too. Um, whether it comes, wh whether it's like social media for me, it was like, oh, everyone's selling merch now. Okay. I need to get merch. <laughs> and like, sure, that would be fun. But I spent a bunch of time trying to figure all that out. And then I never ended up doing it because I wasn't happy with the merch that I, you know, what I was trying to do. And I didn't want people to get something that was crappy and, mm -hmm. 
And so I wasted a bunch of time on that. And then it was like, okay, I need to do a sub stack. Everyone's got a sub stack now. Okay. Now I need to do Patreon. Everyone's doing Patreon. And none of those things panned out for me. Um, and took a lot of time and energy away from me when I could have just been focusing on mm -hmm. the content of the show. So, uh, I've, it's taken a while, but I've come to understand that that's what I need to do is like, that's where my expertise lies is creating the podcast. Yeah. Like I don't, maybe people that do it either have a team that's helping them or they enjoy it and they're good at it. Maybe, you know, that's that, which is great. It doesn't mean I have to do it, but it just feels like sometimes you're, you're watching what other, other shows and other people are doing and you think, oh, I gotta, I gotta, you know, do the same thing. That is a huge issue right now with with hobbyist podcasters and people trying mm -hmm. to make that leap into professional podcasting is that there's always so much going on. And Patreon's a tough one because it requires you to now be beholden to someone else. Yes. You have to produce right. extra content. You have to be doing something. And, you know, maybe that takes a little of the love out of it when you're having to do something. For sure. That's a good, that's a good way to describe it when exactly like uh, when I did Patreon for a year and I had, you know, I'd say 20 great, patrons who were with me from the beginning, but 20 people is not enough to sustain having to, you know, extra content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I, and, and to be honest, like, I don't think people talk about the numbers and things enough, but I like, I'll be honest, like I have a, a good following of on social media and downloads. And I honestly thought it would translate into more, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. So it is the rare show, I think, that makes enough off of Patreon to make it worth yeah. their effort. So, you know, good for them if they're if they're able to do it. And um, it, it's just really hard. You need to go in with your eyes wide open that it is really hard to convert. And I've seen people, you know, with thousands and thousands more listeners or readers or whatever and and they're still struggling mm -hmm. on on substack or whatever it is so it, it's it's not an easy formula and i think it's uh definitely not 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 the way for everybody no for sure and like you said it, it seems that patreon at times is kind of a bolt-on like it is an extra piece of things but then it mm -hmm. does require a lot of extra effort yeah. into that it's something that we never stepped into and just because of that, because of the extra time and effort, yeah. and it's not really that labor of love. And I think podcasting in its its more purest sense is kind of born out of that that love for telling stories via audio and for sure. via video, if if that's the, the direction that people yeah. go. And so let's talk about some of your favorite stories from the 90s, you know, on that, you know, this is, of course, a passion project that's now translated to something bigger. But there must be stories that resonated with you that you were kind of chomping at the bit to get to to write about that you feel you have that expertise. in. so what have been some of your, your favorite stories, and maybe even some of the stories that you found very difficult to cover? Mm. Well, one of my one of my more favorite episodes it was taken from audio tape from when I was a reporter. Um, my news director sent me to Los Angeles on the day of the O.J. Simpson verdict, wow. so I wasn't there for the trial. But the night before the verdict was coming down, he called me and he was like, "Hey, how would you like to go to Los Angeles?" And I'm like, <laughs> ah, "Like right now, okay." <laughs> and so I got there, and literally the verdict came down. I was outside the courthouse. I wasn't even in the courthouse. It was kind of it, the whole thing was kind of weird. But um, then I was I was just standing around talking to people out on the street, and I have an episode that is basically all my tape from that day, the the sort of the twenty four hours I was in LA, and 
I I love that one because I love listening to the tape because it's it's such a time capsule and talking to the people that were so divided over the verdict, you know, that thought he was innocent or thought he was mm -hmm. guilty. And, and, um, I, cause I was, I, I was a babe in the woods and I was literally like outside the courthouse with my, <laughs> with my old cassette, you know, tape recorder and my microphone. And I had a, a media pass from Queens park in Ontario which I would just kind of flash to the police everywhere. And they'd go, okay, go ahead. It says media. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And then I heard some reporters like, okay, let's go to OJ's house. And I was like, all right, let's go. And, you know, got in a cab and went to OJ's house. And the next thing I know, I'm out behind his house with all the reporters. They're all on ladders, like looking over the, <laughs> the um, shrubs into his backyard. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so tacky. I would never do that. And then someone's like, Hey, do you want to go on the ladder? I'm like, sure, sure. <laughs> and I'm up on the ladder looking over and it was just such a wild experience. So I think it translates into the episode mm -hmm. that I did about how crazy it was. So that, that was, you know, that was a fun one for me, even though it's, you know, terrible, tragic case. And, um, there's been a lot of other, um, you know, episodes that I think kind of capture, how I remember the nineties as being like, uh, I've done some about, um, tab like tabloid TV mm -hmm. and tabloid. It was just such a, and like I did an episode on JFK jr. And, um, which feel, for me feel like they capture what the nineties felt like, like that news cycles lasted forever. Mm -hmm. And nowadays news cycles come and go so quickly because of social media that, you know, a really big story can happen and it's, it feels like it's done in four days or, or less, whereas it would last months and months and months in the nineties, it would last a year. And every day you'd get a little dribble or a little, you know, a little bit more information. So, you know, something like say the, um, JFK Jr. and, and the, you know, the tabloid coverage of every aspect of his life, it felt like we were talking about him for years. And then when he died, it was just so shocking and so tragic, but it, again, it, it kind of, it, it felt like it devastated the Western world. Mm -hmm. Like now it's like things don't have that impact. And, and again, the, the death of princess Diana was also, you know, such a big, big part of everyone's lives in the nineties that you, I just don't know what would happen in today's new cycle that would hit people the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I honestly, you know, I, I honestly don't. So anyway, those are the kinds of stories that I like doing that sort of reflect how, um, how different news coverage was in the nineties, um, how all consuming it seemed to be without social media. So I can't even imagine what it would have been like without social media. I just can't imagine. It, it, those two stories in particular that you mentioned, like I was quite young when both of those happened, but I vividly remember where mm -hmm. I was as a kid mm -hmm. when both of those things happened and you know my parents talking about it and just just an example of what you're talking about the but the blink and you'll miss it is the death of the Queen Elizabeth like you know comparable know. Uh, to Princess Diana and all that it's not as tragic but like I don't even remember the coverage on that and like I know it's similar things similar family and yeah boom one's gone and the other one I remember vividly from when I was like eight years old I know. And I, you know, I guess part of it with, with the queen is that it was expected. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, she lived a full life, but still it just, it felt completely different yeah. than, than princess Diana. And, um, 
Yeah. It, 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 I just, I, I always say to myself, like who could die today? Not that I don't want, I'm not wishing anybody to die, but that would have that impact. Like I know when Kobe Bryant died, Mm -hmm. it was a big, it was also a big tragic story, but I can't, I, I literally can't think of anyone else, you know, in recent years that where you just, you drop everything and, and, and are practically in mourning over someone you didn't know. Right. So it, it's, 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 a, it's a very different, it feels like a very different way that we look at and consume media now for sure. Yeah. And then I think that's where there's an importance of podcasts like yours that bring us back to those times and remind mm-hmm. us, you know, about the history and in that consumable way where, you know, every two weeks you, you're learning about something completely different. Right which is great. And I like to talk about technology as well. Mm -hmm. Although I haven't tackled some of the big, big, big technology stories, but I, you know, they always come up in, in the episode about how, how technology impacted a particular story, whether it's, um, you know, I remember talking about the show, the X-Files and talking about how like message boards and the internet Mm -hmm. were played such a big part in, in the expand, you know, the, the popularity of that show. And it was all fairly new that people, you know, were just getting onto message boards and were able to talk about episodes and that sort of thing. And there are so many, so many stories that, you know, technology in the nineties played a part in making it popular or, or, um, you know, making it something that people remember because of the technology. But, um, for me personally, like I, I started working in, I graduated from journalism school and I started working, I think it was around 1989. So, I mean, I'm in a newsroom that has typewriters and fax machines and wire copy, like literally paper coming up, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. And, reel to reel audio and carts. And then 10 years later, when I, I finished in radio, it was so different. We were on email. We had the internet, we had, (laughs) um, digital audio. It was, it was completely in that 10 years, everything that I knew completely changed it in from, from starting work to like finishing at the end of the nineties. So it was so transformative. It really, you know, and I know everyone thinks that their, their generation, is is a big deal, but it really felt like a big deal. It, it did. And I like I'm a big nineties, like late eighties, nineties kid. And like you said, just you know, from your working experience, me grow like hit the nineties, we're still listening to cassettes by the end of the nineties, yeah. I'm downloading stuff on Napster. And right, exactly. <laughs> another that's another exactly right. Exactly. Or I, I think I did LimeWire because Yeah, I did. We did I'm all of them because they all got Napster yeah, or whatever. When, when yeah. Metallica sued them and all that stuff. And yeah. yeah and I remember yeah. my dad saying, like, are you allowed to be doing this? And <laughs> it was it's such it's wild to think about in a short 10 year span mm-hmm. that so much happened. Mm-hmm. And then like as you dig into your your library of, of episodes, it's you're like, holy, like I don't like I remember all this stuff, but it all mm-hmm. happened in the nineties. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I get that. I get that a lot from people that will say, you know, my age or that grew up in the 90s. And they'll say, I remember that story, but I don't remember it being that bad. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, that was terrible. Or there'll be times where they're like, I have no knowledge of that. And it, it just happens, right? That you, you're busy with life and and some stories you just miss. And also there's other times where there's stories that it takes the full weight of like his, like time to pass for you to be able to look mm-hmm. back and understand the entirety of the story. And that's kind of why I think history of the nineties works and other podcasts that look back now at 
modern history because we're we have enough information now to see how those events have impacted yes. us today and how you know we have the we have the beginning middle and end of the story not just like some of the stories we're living through right now like in in the states with donald trump mm -hmm. we're just in the middle of it yeah. so <laughs> you know in 20 years from now it, it'll be a different story when you know how it ends yeah. so it, it'll be a totally different story yeah so great so great now on all your podcasts you you mm -hmm. do ask for suggestions uh, mm -hmm. on future topics and I, I have to ask if I can put a topic out there for consideration. Absolutely. In, I will add it to my list in the future. And, you know, you can see behind me, I'm a bit of a nostalgia guy when it comes to the eighties and nineties with regards to toys and pop culture and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I have, I have to put just, like I said, for consideration, star Wars in the nineties. That is on my list. Okay, and I actually <laughs> have someone already lined up Wicked. that I can interview because I've been avoiding it though because I'm afraid of Star Wars fans. Because uh, yeah. what if I get something wrong? Yeah, it's you know I I will never be forgiven. <laughs> it's See, a these tough are the, crowd. These are <laughs> it is a tough crowd, and I also want to do something on '90s, the comic book mm -hmm. boom and bust yeah. again. Little afraid of those comic book nerds. No mm -hmm. offense. Hey, none taken. <laughs> <laughs> because. Again, not my complete area of expertise, but anyway, Star Wars is definitely on my list because Phantom Menace yes. came out in 99, right? Yes, so good. And yes, and it was definitely like the, I don't know what, what you would call it, but a, a new era anyway yes. of the Star Wars dynasty. So I have to do that one. Do you have any other ones that you want? Um, I was thinking, it's funny, I was going back through the, the back catalog because I was like, oh, is there, is there certain things? And that's when I ran into the, the wrestling one because that was one that kind of mm -hmm. came mm -hmm. to the top of mind here. Um, I'm just trying to think of like things that I lived through, even things like the, the toys of the 90s because it was such a, like, a, right. like a, a wild time in that space, you know, you're coming out of the eighties where you had turtles and He-Man and all this stuff. And you're moving into a completely yep. new era of, yep. of toys and all that. And so, and there's, you know, some great references in like the stuff that toys have made us and all that, that go through some of those yes, histories. Yes. And so it'd be interesting to see that integrated because you always have kind of this, not all the time, but you have a, a unique kind of Canadian spin on a lot of your stories, yes. which I really love yeah. too, being a Canadian myself and, you know, experiencing those things from this side and that perspective is, is always kind of cool for, for me as well. Yeah. And that's, I've tried to sneak in like full on Canadian stories mm -hmm. every few episodes because, you know, I do have a majority of listeners are from Canada, but I do have a big following in the U S and the UK and Australia. And so I do get requests from other countries as well. Like Australia has a few big stories, um, that happened in the nineties that a pe people have asked for, but you know, it does, it does feel like sometimes the, the U S uh, stories, impacted everybody oh, yeah. so like like the oj type story so they they do get a lot of coverage but um i am working currently on a a, a two-parter that's a canadian a 100 canadian story so cool. um it'll be interesting to see if people it, it, you know if it translates well for people um in other parts of the world. I think it will because it's a very interesting story. Oh, I can't wait. Really looking forward to that. Now, just to, to finish this off here, there's there's a, a way I kind of end these episodes and there's a kind of a philosophy that that I live by and we're trans we translate into the podcast and it's leave it better than you found it. Um, okay. And in the simplest terms is, you know, make a positive impact on this. And I just want to talk about an experience. It could be a personal experience. It could be experience you had with listeners or with the podcast space, but just an experience in your journey that's made a positive impact that kind of reflects that philosophy of leave it better than you found it. Well, I always try to say yes to people when they ask to uh, either 
chat with me about making a podcast or chat with students about making a podcast because I love podcasting and I mm -hmm. love listening to podcasts. And I really feel like um, if I can help in any way for someone to sort of fulfill that dream of theirs, um, then I would love to be part of that. So I've spoken to classes. I've gone to, in to meet with um, students and and worked with them on projects and things. Yeah, so I I just I just hope that you know um, that it, it gives people maybe the, a little bit of an inspiration to to start their own podcast because uh, there's no reason why you know anyone can do it and it doesn't have to be to make money. It can just be a total mm -hmm. passion project and be for something for fun. But you know, you never know where it's going to go. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's 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 inspiring, and this whole podcast has you know truly been about experiencing your podcast journey and how people can maybe take bits and pieces from that and put that into into their personal journey and their personal experience. So, Kathy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd like to, you to tell all the listeners where they can find your show, you on social media, and any other projects that you're a part of that you want to uh, you want to put out there and amplify a little bit. Yeah. So, History of the '90s is available anywhere that you stream audio, and um, we publish every second week on Curious Cast. It's also on CuriousCast.ca, and um, I'm on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook at that nineties history. And I don't do Twitter anymore. Um, <laughs> as, as part of my, you know, trying to do things that other people I'm doing only, I was only doing it because everyone said, Oh, you gotta be on Twitter, but I, it's just not for me, but I have started a TikTok there account, <laughs> which I find so much fun. And I just do little, um, little uh, short documentary, almost style videos, uh, explaining something that happened in the nineties. And, uh, it's also at that 90s podcast. So um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok. Excellent. Well, Kathy, thank you so much again for, for coming on to the podcast experience and, and walking us through your journey, your experience in the podcast space. And I look forward to seeing your next episodes here and what you do inside of the 90s. And so thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And good luck with your show. Thank you. I want to thank Kathy again for jumping on to the podcast experience and walking us through her podcasting journey. And it's every time I do one of these episodes, I got to say, I just love hearing the story, the why, the passion behind every single podcaster. Everyone does this for a different reason. Everyone comes from a different background and has come into this medium with different set of expectations and a different set of goals. And hearing even just over the last couple of weeks, so many different stories, including Kathy's, I just become inspired. And I hope that's what you guys are getting out of this. I hope each one of these episodes just gives you a little piece of the puzzle that maybe helps you make the leap into improving your current podcast or takes you from an aspirational podcaster to a full-time podcaster in some capacities like Kathy has done. So we will be back in just a few weeks with the next episode of the podcast experience. we got some really exciting interviews already recorded and planned for the future. So it's going to be quite a ride into the podcast experience. And if you guys would like to follow along just a bit closer, you can find everything about the podcast experience, including an opportunity or a way to jump onto this show and tell me your story over at podsummit.com backslash podcasting. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. And thank you so much for joining me on this journey into the podcast experience. Yeah.